and welcome back to the Four Films Podcast, everybody. My name is Brian Sheen, and I'm here with... Chris Lucky. And today we're going to be talking about The Nice Guys. Hells yeah. Uh, but before we do any of that, let's do uh, the catch-up, the condiments, the whole deal. You and while I, while I listen to you, I'm going to make sure that we are using the correct microphones. <laughs> oh, yeah, we didn't do a sound check at all. We didn't do anything. Yeah, no, we did not. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, know this, you know this is the number one show in North Carolina? Really? Well, I mean, I just decided that it is. You just decided that it is. You know what? I'm inclined <laughs> yeah. to agree with you. Yes. I think I think we got a pretty good thing going. And too. everybody that disagrees can go uh, fuck themselves. I totally agree. Number one short in North Carolina. <laughs> Going to keep that running. Um, it's been a wild, wild week. Oh, as far as, as, far as the ketchup, uh, do you yeah. have a favorite condiment? A favorite condiment? Yeah. You know, it's, it's going to sound disgusting to you, mm-hmm. but I reckon it's mayonnaise. Yeah. Oh, no. Because mayonnaise is so versatile. Mm. It's in tartar sauce. It's in, yeah. it's in aioli. It's in a lot. It's, yeah. a, it's in a lot of shit. Yeah. I like I like mayonnaise. It's uh it's in uh what's like the, the McDonald's special sauce, um, Thousand Island. It's in Thousand it's, Island. Yeah. So like a lot of shit has mayonnaise. It's yeah. in honey mustard. Yep. Yeah. I mean it'll kill you. But yeah. It's in there so though. It's pretty, pretty delicious. All right. All right. <laughs> Why do you have a favorite condiment? I'm, I'm gonna go with uh, with barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce. Yeah. Barbecue sauce is a is a barbecue decent sauce. condiment. Barbecue sauce, like that's the only condiment I really need in the entire house. Really? You know, I mean, as far as like <laughs> sauces, because like I'm not gonna use mayonnaise for anything. Right. Um, yeah. I know you know, you ran- ranches are gonna happen. Blue cheese dressing is gonna happen. Ketchup is gonna happen. <laughs> Mustard might happen, like on a hot dog. Yes. You know, but I can still just put barbecue sauce on it. You yeah, know? but you can put mustard and barbecue sauce. I'm not a big fan of that because, like, a lot of my barbecue sauces are like a, a mustard base already. Oh, okay, you know, yeah. so it's like so it's just gonna be super mustardy and gross. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's just barbecue sauce, like the staple in the house. See, I, I feel weird about that because I, I like sauces, mm-hmm. but I don't like super wet, mm-hmm. saucy food. Yeah. So like, yeah. if I make steak, or if I make ribs, yeah. I want a dry rub, like uh, a barbecue dry rub. Yep. So I can just fucking go in there and I have to wear a fucking bib. I understand. And I eat my goddamn food. Understandable. Look like an asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sp- speaking speaking of here's a segue speaking of looking like an asshole yeah okay what is it because you prefer you preface this by yeah. saying i'll let you decide mm-hmm. what this means yes yeah <laughs> all right so um so i decided and and to um to, to to protect the identity of this person we won't say whether this person is male or female or right. um their name or whatsoever right you know? so um one, one of my friends that i hadn't uh, hung out with in a, a good while yeah you know maybe maybe you know, just just in, in a little while or whatever, and uh, we decide that we're gonna we're gonna go out, we're gonna have some drinks, we're gonna have a night on the town and just have some fun, right? You know, so um, after work, you know, it was like um, we were gonna meet up at, at five thirty, yeah. You know, so but then I got off of work at early, got off work super early, so then I text messaged this person, and then I was like, hey, um, I'm gonna be off work early, so I'll be at this bar like before five thirty, like five o'clock, right. you know, just. You know, be like, all right, so maybe you can show up a little bit earlier too. Right. You know? yeah, yeah. So they, they, they responded. That wasn't, a, that wasn't an obligation. That was like, hey, nope. I'll nope. be here early yep. just in case you mm-hmm. can be early too. Yes. You know, so if I get there, if I get there at 3.15, yeah. then it doesn't matter until the original 5.30 scheduled time. Right. You know? Yeah. So I ended up showing up there at like 5 o'clock, you know. Right. So then I'm like, well, maybe this person will show up early because I did tell them at 3 o'clock, you know, yeah. that I was going to be there early. But no. So I, I just I have a, a, a Jack and Coke and a beautiful waitress comes up. I can't remember her name, but a very, very beautiful waitress. She comes up and um, she's like, is everything OK? You know, um, would you like to order your food and everything? I was like, I oh, know I'm waiting on one more person. So um, if, if I'll, I'll just have this drink for now and then we'll wait and see when they get there. It's like, all right. right. So then it's 530, then 545 and 550. 
and I, uh, I've, I've, I've finished drinking my, my Jack and Coke. And then uh, the waitress comes back over and she's like, well, you know, all the appetizers are half off before six o'clock and it's 10 minutes till six. So I didn't know if you wanted to go ahead and order, you know, an appetizer for yourself and I can just put it in for you. Right. Then I was like, all right, yeah, just um, wait. And I, I want the nachos with cheese, but just wait until six o'clock to put it in, you know, because this person is just running super late, right. you know? So um, I, I text message the person like, where the fuck are you at? You know, did you want me to order you an appetizer, you know, real quick, you know, right. since you're not here yet and then it'll be here when you get here. It's like, yeah, uh, order me this, this right here. And then, so I order it. Yeah. Food gets here. Another drink gets here. And this person's still not there. Person's still not there. Okay. So I, I drink another Jack and Coke. Yeah. And I kind of like pick around the nachos because I'm like, if if my friend shows up, then whatever appetizer they got and the appetizer that I have, we can just split the appetizers. I have some of that and then you have some of this right, or whatever. Right, the usual buy two and share. Exactly, yes. It's yeah. very customary, very mm-hmm. usual. You know, so it's like I'm trying not to go all the way in on these nachos, but after it's getting towards 615, 620, Ooh. and now the, the cheese on the nachos is starting to like harden, getting colder. Yeah. So I kind of got to eat all those nachos, yeah. you know, and um, <laughs> I, I put a, I put like a, a towel over the uh, the other person's appetizer, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm just sitting there, and it's like I said, five thirty, six o'clock, six thirty. That makes me uncomfortable. It's six thirty now. Yeah, and an hour after the agreed time. And now, now the waitress is and now you have ordered an appetizer, which if they don't yeah. show up, you pay. Yeah, oh yeah, pay pay for right. everything. And the waitress is looking at me with such pity. Aww. You know, so so now the waitress comes back now and I've eaten my whole appetizer and putting a towel over the other one and drinking, you know, kept drinking and she's like, um, is everything okay? And I'm just like staring off into nothingness and I'm just like, No. No. <laughs> it's not. Everything is not okay. <laughs> it's not okay. It is not okay right now. <laughs> Nothing is okay. I was like, no, you know, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The the drinks were perfectly made. The food is very, very good. This has nothing to do with you. I'm sorry. No, but I'm just waiting on this person, and I'm feeling like an asshole because I'm like, I feel like I have no self respect at right, this point. Yeah. You know, because I'm like, why, why, why not? After 15 minutes, do, do I not get up and be like, well, fuck you? Why not after well, 30 that's the minutes? Because like in the back of your head, when you're sitting there waiting, you're like. Mm-hmm. I'm angry at this person. Yes. I want to leave. Mm. But then you're like, what if they show up as I'm leaving? Still, and like in yeah. your head, and, and then you, like for me at least, I no, just start same, playing yeah. out that scenario in my head. And yeah. then I go like, oh, fuck, I guess I just wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I waited, but then like the for me, the person that wanted to have some self-respect and dignity about myself, mm-hmm. when the person showed up, I wanted to be like, well, yo, um, well, thank you for finally showing up. I've already had my meal and my drinks. I hope you enjoy your evening. I'll see you whenever I see you. Right, yeah. You know, and just leave. You know, but <laughs> but it was, but it was like I, I I felt the smallest that I'd ever that I felt since like teenager early twenties like trying to I I, I don't know it was just it, it felt very it small. felt like going on your date and like on a first date and mm-hmm. have the person not show up that's what it felt like very I much guarantee it. Yeah, yeah 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 just like not showing up but it's like this person showed up but it was like I I couldn't enjoy any of that that what the fuck happened that they were like an hour late they just I, didn't say anything. No. They didn't offer any sort of like, I'm sorry? No. No, they just showed well, well, up? Well, oh, my, like, my bad. They just went, my bad? Yeah. Fuck that person. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Fuck that person yes. so bad. It was just like, my bad. Like, what? It's like, it wasn't like it was a 15 minutes late. It was like an hour or yeah, so Yeah, I don't late. know who the fuck that person is. Yeah. 
fuck that person. No, yeah, we're, we're, there will be no more like hanging out, like just like as a group. Then yeah, this person is great in a group, but like yeah. on a one-on-one setting, like no, you can fuck yourself. Like, that sucks. <laughs> I am sorry that happened to me. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> that's that, that's that's just what I was like rolling around in my head yeah. for like the the entire day, you know. But um. Charlotte is nice though. Like, got to see some more. Like, there was a place called the Common Market. Mm-hmm. Oh like, yeah, I like, I like, I like the Common Market. I, I got. I went there for the first time. That was really nice. nice. They were playing like authentic, uh, like nineties hip hop. Nice. It you were w- near Noda. Then you were like was, in that in that vicinity. In that area, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Was that yesterday? Uh, no, it was early in the week. Oh okay, cool. Yeah. I was, like a, I was there yesterday. Oh, like I, thought, I thought you might have got like a Facebook notification saying that I'm like in your area. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I went to I went to a drag show yesterday. Oh. At a place called uh, Boulevard 1820. Okay. It's in it's in South Boulevard, like near the city. Yeah. Holy, that was fucking. That was a lot of fucking fun. Hmm. It was my friends. It was one of my friends, Bachelorettes. Two okay. of my friends are getting married, and nice. I know both of them. Yeah. I ended up going to the I ended up going to the Bachelorettes party and mm. not the Bachelors party. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, we went to a drag show and mm. it was fucking fantastic. I bet. That place is so much fun. Huh. Like I'm not one for like the sort of the loud clubby yeah. places, but yeah. like this place was fantastic. It okay. was just super fun. They had like five or four drag queens like do a show. Mm. One of them was fucking gorgeous. Yeah. And she just fucking nailed the whole like cowboy look. Yeah. And it was fantastic. And I loved it. And I was in a great mood after I left that place. There was music was and all, all that. It was music. There was like it's it's pretty much a it's pretty much a gay bar yeah. at this point. Uh, but like there was music and there were two birthday parties happening mm-hmm. at the place and like we had the bachelorette thing going on. Yeah. Uh, so like they called like the birthday people up to the stage and mm-hmm. the bachelorette girl like to the stage and just had fun with them. Yeah. And then like dance and like one of the like one of the performers was like incredibly hot and they walked around and they collected the whole dollar bills and tips and yeah. nonsense. And then but this is my favorite part about this place. Mm-hmm. The whole wait staff uh, are men in drag. Oh. <laughs> So like I saw the dude that wait, that waited us. Mm. Uh, it was just like a dude with like a beard, like sort of burly, hairy chest dude with a beard, full makeup, full on drag costume. Yeah, it was fucking fantastic. I lo- I loved it. It was great. <laughs> That's, that does sound great. Wow. It was it was a good time, and I, I was yeah. kind of like I was in a cranky mood because mm. like I had like I've been running around like we were talking about routine mm. and like you have to form a routine. Yep. But in our in my job at least like mm. right now or in like my my studies yeah. thing there's no routine yeah every day is fucking different because every week some asshole needs something different mm-hmm. and you're gonna like oh, fuck how do do it yeah uh so like i don't have a routine so i was in a cranky mood because i've been running around all over the place i mm-hmm. haven't slept more than four hours a night yep and like it just fucking fixed me right up the place is great it was fucking fantastic that does sound pretty awesome like yeah. i mean i don't know I've, I've never been well have i not not an official drag show. I guess uh, I went to something in Vegas. <laughs> it's been an unofficial. Drag. Yeah, like unofficial because I, w- I went to one thing. It was in California called the uh, the Erotic Exotic Zone Ball. Okay, but it wasn't specifically for drag. Right, it was just everyone who was just free and open to experience whatever you're going to experience in this night. They and were just there just happened to be people in drag. Yeah, yeah, nice. just just happened to be. But yeah, the, I, I, I enjoy situations to where people are just open with themselves. That's I what like I that. fucking love about like mm. drag culture. Yeah, it, it's become like this. It, sort of symbolic punk rock attitude yes yes where it's like i just don't give a fuck this yeah. is what i am and then you're just gonna have to take it or yeah. go fuck yourself and i absolutely love that about drag culture everyone yeah. is like so open and like so much fun to be around and they don't give a fuck like they'll, yeah. they'll joke about anything like yep. on the stage and it was fantastic yeah like the the really hard performer got on stage and said i have a penis in my asshole and sadly it's my own oh wow <laughs> <laughs> So it was fucking fantastic, and we were we were like at the bar chilling, and mm-hmm. then like a fucking girl in a dinosaur T Rex costume like yep. walks up to the 
fucking place and just mm. sits down at a table with like with the birthday people and I fucking died laughing. It was just, just a good time. Just casually sat down. Yeah, just have casually a drink. sat down. <laughs> she walked over, she looked around and I just see this big floppy dinosaur head just like move around. Yeah. And you're just like, all right, well this is my fucking life for the night. Yes. Yes it is. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fun time. I recommend it. Boulevard yeah. 1820, they do drag shows there like most weeks. Yeah. So check it check that shit out. I'll, I'll definitely have to. That sounds great. Uh, did you watch anything interesting? Yeah, I seen um, uh, the Merowitz stories. The Merowitz story. Yeah. I haven't seen that. Is it good? I, I was yeah. I was talking about it some last week when um, we had Lauren here for the Adam Sandler episode, yeah. and I wasn't able to finish the movie. But over this past week, I've watched this movie five or six times, really, all the way through, beginning oh, to dang. the end. Like this is the and and it's like I, just for for the listeners, it's like I don't know if this movie is going to impact you the way that it impacted me. But um, it is a Noah Baumbach movie. It's Dustin Hoffman. He's given a brilliant performance. Adam as Sandler, usually, as he usually does. A, yes, as he usually does. D- uh, Adam Sandler giving Adam Sandler. Like when I was describing this to Tessa, mm-hmm. I was I was I'm so close to saying that Adam Sandler outperformed Dustin Hoffman in this movie. He didn't. He didn't. <laughs> but, but he was close. He was close, and it's just like that's how good of a job that Adam Sandler did. That's impressive. Like Ben Stiller was just like a, a after effect. Like he was good, but it's like he was nowhere coming close to what Adam Sandler performance Adam Sandler was giving in Dustin Hoffman. Like right. very, very touching. Um, it's it's a, it's a very very good movie. I have to watch it. Uh, it's, yeah. it's on my it's on my list. It was it was fun. It was very fun. I watched uh, a ghost story, the one with uh, Casey Affleck. Casey Affleck, is the name of it is a ghost story. Yeah, a oh, ghost huh. story. Do you know the the one where he's a ghost that's literally like a bed sheet of ghost? Is this a farce? No, this is an actual movie. Okay, <laughs> and it's fucking great. Oh wow! It's a uh, Casey Affleck dies mm. in a car accident right. uh, or some sort of accident. Yeah, and so like he wakes up as a ghost, but it's not him as a ghost. It's a bed sheet of ghost. Yeah. Uh, so like literally the stereotype of a ghost. And he goes back to his girlfriend's house, and then she, he just watches us mourn. Yeah. And he just really watches her. There's no interaction. The story's, like, very depressing, but also uplifting concept about, like, time doesn't give a shit. Yeah. And so, like, shit happens, and you just have to get over it, or you're just going to be stuck there forever. Okay. That's what the movie's about. Hmm. But the movie has, like, very slow, very slow pacing. Like, there's a scene in the movie that you watch the main actress mm. eat a pie for five minutes. Okay. And it's amazing. <laughs> what kind of pie? Uh, cherry pie. I like cherry pie. Yeah, All cherry right. pie is fantastic. It is. But she just sits there on the counter, sadly eating pie for five minutes. Mm. And Casey Affleck, who's wearing a bed sheet the entire movie up to this point, it's just just watches her. Are there holes cut in the, the eyes? There's black dots for the eyes. I it's have like heard dots. about this yeah. movie. Okay, yeah, yeah. And it's like I thought it was like I thought it was gonna be like an artsy movie, yeah. whatever. But, like, after watching it, it's shot in that aspect ratio that, you know, like, old 70s, like, home slide projectors mm-hmm. had, that yep. square, yep. round vignette. And, like, it's just, it is a fantastic hmm. little movie that tells you, because I know, you know how I feel about slow movies. Yeah. And I know how you feel about slow oh, movies. Oh, yeah. And I fucking loved this movie, despite the fact that it's so slow. Yeah. And it's because the slowness is purposeful. Okay. There's something about the like it's not not purposeful in the way that it's a style, mm. but it's communicating something to the audience. So like, like when you're sitting there watching a woman eat pie for five minutes, yeah. you're like, oh, okay, I get this. Yeah. And then you can appreciate it. And like I think I don't remember who the director's name was right now. I actually bought the movie. Okay. Uh, but I don't remember who the director's name is right now. But he did a fantastic job in making you like wait through the scenes. It yeah. really is an exercise in patience. Okay. And I I fucking loved it. Mm, I want to check that out. 
Also, I want to whenever you finish reading the um the Mark Marion waiting for the punch. Yes, I I finished the uh, the Trevor Noah book um not too long ago, and I need something new to read. So I'm like, whenever you finish that, 140 pages from finishing it. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is another thing that I wanted to talk about because I because I've been in a really great mood over the last like couple of weeks. All right. Uh, so like anxiety has been like a like a like an all time low Very nice. for a while. All right, I've just been chilling despite the fact that I have to do a whole lot of garbage. Yeah, uh, and part of it is because I've been reading this book, the mm. Waiting for the Punch book by yeah. uh, Mark Manor and Brendan McDonald, I mm. think is his producer's name. Okay, and uh, for anyone that doesn't know what the book is, it's just a compilation of all the podcast conversations mm. that Mark has had relating to like specific topics. So yes. like the book is separated by sexuality, mental health, uh, mm. relationships, parents, whatever. Okay. And so then it's literally just like an introduction by Mark on the topic and then just snippets of conversations that he's had with people. All right. And it's an easy read because it's you're just reading like three paragraphs at a time. Mm. And but these people are dropping some like legitimate knowledge and wisdom and advice on like the podcast because yeah. this is our conversations that he's had and you yeah. can listen to these conversations. Yeah. But having them in a book format, and these are people that are creative, and yeah. these are people that are doing the same thing that yep. I want to do with my life, and people that have struggled with the same issues that I've struggled for a long time, mm. and just sort of watching them be open mm. about these kind of issues. And like Judd Apatow is in there a couple times, nice. and he was talking about anxiety. Mm. And I think that's where the name of the book comes from, because he's talking like he's always an anxious person, yeah. and he's always waiting for the punch to hit, but yeah. no one ever punches him. Mm. Uh, so like I, I, I was reading this Judd Apatow paragraph and I was just like, fuck, he's right. Like I just, it's stupid. Like the yeah. way that you're scared for no goddamn reason. Mm. It's, it's dumb. Uh, and like, I don't know, just reading the book, just kind of like, well, if they can be open about it, I can be open about it. And if I can be open about it, I can laugh at it mm. and I can demystify it and I can get over it. Yeah. And so like the book and I've been listening to Marin's podcast lately has had a huge like effect on like my mood. Nice. Just because I'm just like, oh, all right, I guess I give a shit, but I, I'm not going to let it bother me. Yeah. Just kind of have to let that shit go. Or otherwise, you're going to be waiting for like a knife at the throat every time at all you times. laugh. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I feel great. I have no real anxiety okay. lately. And I've done some pretty anxious bullshit mm. uh, lately. So I don't know. It's pretty great. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I've been on the uh, the trip, the, the in the moment and being present trip. Nice. What, what is that? What is that? Um, just, um, appreciating being alive really. Um, and just every moment of it. I mean, um, what's, what's one example? Um, there there was a song by, um, by Yoko, was it Yoko Ono? Is uh, what's the one that was married to John Lennon? Yeah, uh, Yoko. Yeah, Yoko Ono. There's a, there's a song they they had an album called Double Fantasy, <laughs> and it's widely regarded as being just straight garbage. Like widely regarded, but I really enjoyed this album. You know, it's fun, it's whimsical, it's not like art good mm-hmm. but it's just like fun good like uh, people having a good time yeah like having a good time something. yeah and you can see this person john lennon who is a musical genius i mean this guy wrote imagine which i consider the greatest song I've ever written right but it's like you can see this person just letting go and just being like i don't care what i'm judged for i don't care about any of that shit just love happiness being present being in the moment and just um embracing every moment that life has to offer yeah. so it's like i was i was there it was like one o'clock in the morning and um, I was listening to it with my headphones in, the, the Yoko Ono song. And then I just took the headphones out, put the music on full blast, and just started dancing in the middle of the living room, butt naked, because that's how I am at home. You know? <laughs> and, and it was just completely dark. Like, I can't see anything. Right. And I'm dancing in the most, like, uncoordinated, non-black way that you could ever dance. But it was just like <laughs> like a freedom dancing, just, like, loose and yeah. happy. Like, I, it, made, it made me think about... Um, about Louis C.K. a bit. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, regardless of the things that he's going through now, which is kind of like the hard way to um, 
it's, it's hard to appreciate someone, the good of someone when they're so terrible right, <laughs> at the yeah. same time. But um, one of the things that, that he, he said some, uh, some years back was um, just being in the moment and allowing himself to experience things. Mm -hmm. So it was like a Bruce Springsteen song that yeah, he heard. I remember, remember that? that? Yeah, just yeah. let himself cry. So it was just like, yeah, just, ex just being in the moment. If this is making me sad, then I'm going to cry right now. Yeah. If this is making me happy, I'm going to dance. If I'm interested, I'm going to engage you. It's just... I feel like phones and technology has taken a lot of that away. Yeah, and it has. It you know, has. I'll, I'll, I'll be with people in groups, and then it's like, I, I, you like to do that as well sometimes, like to people watch mm -hmm. and observe things that are going on around you. And it's like, I'll ask people, like, hey, did you notice so-and-so, or did you notice this? Like, no, they're noticing what's going on on their phone. Right. You yeah. know, it's just completely not being present for everything that's happening around them. And it really, really sucks. Yeah. Like, I've been struggling with that, too, because, like, the, the whole phone and social media thing, like, I yeah. get on Facebook now, and I just mm -hmm. find it vapid. Yeah. And I just want to kill myself every time I'm on Facebook. Okay. So I started to like back away from it and mm. like only use the messenger app and get in touch with like the people that I really like. Yeah. Uh, but while I'm outside, it's just like, it's actually dreadful to see like how much of the world you just kind of ignore yeah. for the sake of your phone. Yeah. And like, and, and I've been doing it with like writing too. Like I, I can't write on the computer anymore mm. like that easily. Like I have to sit down and like use a pen and paper. Yeah. And, and it's that whole idea that, like, the digital realm is just getting exhaustingly overwhelming. Yes. Now. And it's just, like, and maybe it's just, like, news fatigue. It's, like, like just, like, fake social media fatigue. Maybe we're just fatigue of it all. But, like, it's nice to just, like, clock out and just, like, be, be here. Just it, be present. I, I don't think people are doing it, though. No, they're not. They're, they're saying, <laughs> I, like, I don't, I don't think people are experiencing that fatigue. Like, I, I, would, I would hope that they are, you know, so that we can just connect on something outside of, outside of technology yeah. you know but it's just i'm not i'm not seeing it enough and it's it's uh, another thing that i'm seeing i'm wondering if we're letting technology we're using it as a crutch because like I'll, I'll have conversations with someone and then they'll be like well i don't remember that at all and it's like why why it's like if i feel and, and i see that it's happening a little bit in my memory as well like are we relying on our phones our computers our technology as the source of our brain Sometimes, yeah. You, you know what yeah, I'm saying? It's like instead of like who who was in this movie? Oh, I don't have to remember so hard. Or how did I get this way to work? Oh, I don't have to remember how to get to this place. It's GPS everything. So right. it's like usually before phones, if I drove somewhere one time, like I was very cognizant of everything that was happening and where I'm going. And if I ever needed to go there again, I could just get in the car and go there. Right. But now, hell no. Mm -mm. No, like I have to put in the GPS. Like I, my brain is just cut off and just not present to what is happening around me on that trip. Right. You know, so it's like I'm I'm wondering, are we using technology so much as a crutch that it's just detrimental to us? I think, I think that in some respects we are, mostly in the social aspect. Like, I don't mm. particularly care about, you know, the GPS usage or, like, mm. or like anything that aids me mm. doing something in the physical world. Mm. It's like the social aspect of technology. It's what's getting to me. What happens if that, that technology isn't around, though? You, like, I can figure it out. Like, if that technology is not around, mm. I can get to where I need to go. I can figure it out. Mm. So, like, I'm not concerned that if, like, my phone suddenly explodes or, like, just, like, there's an electromagnetic wave and all satellites get fucked. Mm. Like, I'm not concerned not, that, I'll, that not, I'll just be, like, lost. Not, not, not like that. I mean, I, I guess I'm just saying, like, the, the, the ability and the function of our brains, I don't feel like it's just being used the same way. Like, like before, well, I, had, I had, like, 30 numbers memorized. Yeah. 30 numbers. 7426381105. You know, <laughs> 336. 
7824. You know, it was just like you had so many numbers memorized. But like now, if someone asks me to fill out what's your phone number, Mm -hmm. then I'm looking to see what my phone number is. (laughs) You know, it's it's not, I don't have those things memorized. I don't have addresses memorized. I don't have phone numbers memorized. It's there's so many things that I'm using technology as a crutch for my for my brain instead of just trying to remember it myself. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 it's, it's a weird thing because like, I'm, I'm in that bridge of like, technology's great and technology's disgusting because my, mm. my generation grew up with technology and yeah. like, had it like, evolve so quickly yes. from now on that like, it, it's, it looks amazing to us. But it like, is amazing. But now like, we're, we're recognizing like, all the downsides of it and it's mm. like, people are burnt out, social media fatigue, not remembering things and all yeah. that stuff. So like, I, I feel like I'm okay with technology mm. if, yes. it's, if it's used for like, um, sort of like aiding like your daily routine mm. and whatever because I know that those skills are not lost. Mm. They just have, you just have to relearn them. Okay. Um, but like or, I am, or, or learn them for the first time. Or learn them for the first time. Because because yeah. like say say you have a kid ten years from now that kid isn't going to learn the skill to you know learn directions or oh, to yeah. memorize a phone number or any of those things. So it's like when those skills are gone, then it's just it's the computer that yeah. that is functioning as a place where it functions in our brains. Mm-hmm. You know, so like now they're going to start. There's not even a place in their brains to remember someone's phone number, someone's address, someone's name. You know, places that they've been before. Like they don't even. Think think to try to compartmentalize those sections in their brains for memories. Right. You know? the, the good thing about that is that maybe that opens up mental resources for you would hope. some other things. But, you, you know, they, they, yeah. they'll, they'll remember like Itchy the Clown or <laughs> you know, <it's> like some <laughs> random bullshit, you know? Yeah, no, you're right. But it's, like, I, I feel like the, the departure from like analog social interaction mm. has been so widespread that yeah. it's exhausting for people like me, people like you, mm that they like that sort of digital interaction. Yes. But they need the analog interaction. They need mm. to connect. Yes. A lot of people don't, but I know I'm a needy fucking guy. Like, mm. I need to talk to somebody. I need to connect with somebody mm. on, like, their face. Yeah. Uh, so I can feel like I'm a human and I exist. Because otherwise, I fall into this weird hole of just, like, well, nothing's fucking real. Yeah. What does it matter? Yes. And then I get depressed, and then I want to kill myself the mm. next week. So like that's why I need social interaction face to face, and and I think I think we're just getting like burnt out and exhausted. Like, I really do think so. I, I hope we 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 get, grab the reins and take control yeah. of that shit because like eventually like what do we even need us for anymore? What do we need yeah. the people here for what anymore? <laughs> like really like in the the nineties like you would have somebody that you would like and like a public speaker or a rapper or any something like that, and then they would come out and then with no papers, no phone, and they would sit there and like rap a full five minutes, you know, yeah. and it's it is not not something that they're spitting off the top of their dome, but it's something that they wrote. They wrote it last yeah. month, last year. It's just something that they wrote and they're using their brain to recall it back to you. Yeah. But then 10 years later, you know, uh, you'll have Drake and then he's reading it directly from his phone instead of just re- recalling it from that. his fucking brain, <laughs> you know, not even using brain power. So it's like, what's the point of even having the human being 30 years from now? Yeah. Just have the robot write the shit, have the robot recite the shit. <laughs> You know, it's like what we don't even totally need the middleman anymore. It's just that know. reminds me. There was a movie that I saw with Jonathan. I don't know if I talked about it last week. California mm-hmm. Typewriter. Maybe uh, it was. But a I, don't, I don't remember because typewriters. Technology. I'm yeah, sorry. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can go back and check later. Yeah. Uh, but I saw this movie called California Typewriter. Tom Hanks is in it. It was like one of the mm. most like. Uh, Tom Hanks. Yeah, Tom Hanks is a typewriter collection. Okay. And he's got like 250 typewriters, mm. and and he's just a fucking fan of them. This is like a documentary style? Yeah, it's a documentary. Okay. Uh, and, and John Mayer was in it. Mm. Uh, John, uh, Sam Shepard was in it as well. Okay. 
there was a, there were a couple of people that are really big in the art world, and they were talking about how typewriters are making a comeback in creativity nice. because it separates us from the digital spectrum. Hmm. And because now, instead of being distracted by all this gentrification and like digital world that we feel like we have to be connected to, yeah. when you're writing in a typewriter, it's you press a button and it immediately turns into a physical object yep. that you can keep yep. and you can watch as you're creating it. And that connection between you, the typewriter, and the paper that you're doing mm -hmm. becomes, first of all, much more, uh, how do you say it, intrinsic. Sure, yeah. So it, it becomes more, much more authentic. Mm -hmm. And like it disconnects you from the world around you so that you can focus on your art at yes. hand. And like the whole documentary was like this analog uh, devices are making a comeback because people are getting burnt out of the constant digital sphere mm. and because people feel like they need to connect through people through some other way. Yes. So people are hanging out and learning about these machines and going to type-ins and nice. writing on these machines and sending each other notes on each machine. Like mm. Tom Hanks uh, hates emails. Okay. And the only way that you can get in touch with Tom Hanks as a fan is to send them a note to his postal office. Uh, so like that's the only way you can send stuff to Tom Hanks. He will right. not take emails. And it's just like it was just a really great exploration of like how technology and like features from the past are sort of merging together because mm -hmm. the documentary takes this approach of just like we don't need to separate entirely from the digital sphere like no. write your book on a typewriter yeah and then post it on twitter that's sure. like thing that there john mayer said mm -hmm. and it was uh and, and it was fucking fantastic and and we it was talking about this so i'm like now i'm looking into typewriters to like mm -hmm. find some sort of analog writing process because uh, I can't write on the fucking computer. I mean, anymore. pen and paper. You know that's. But that's just it's so painful to. Write. I have like carpal tunnel, so no. it's just like ah, every time I write. Okay. Um, but just that, like California typewriter, it should still be playing at like mm. Wriggle Cinemas. Okay. So if you want to check it out, uh, you know, just fucking check it out. It's a oh, good yeah. movie. I, lo I love it a lot. It's fantastic. Nice. Did you uh, did you ever say what uh, anything about uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine on here? I think last week, or did I not? Mm -mm. No, I didn't. Mm -mm. Okay, fuck. Blade Runner twenty forty nine saw it. Mm. I think it's everything that I wanted the original Blade Runner to be. All right. I hate it. Now, now, now granted, yeah. um, someone that just tuned into this podcast, they don't know who you are or what you wanted 2040, the first Blade Runner to be. This is true. So, so <laughs> if you, uh, and this is where I'm going. If you, uh, we did an episode on the original Blade Runner. Mm. Check it out uh, for you to get the full version, but I fucking hated the original Blade mm. Runner. I thought it was uh, weirdly directed, had a lot of editing mistakes, the writing was like mm. bland and uninspiring. And Harrison Ford's performance was near robotic. Right. It was just not interesting as a movie. Yes. And Ridley Scott wanted to be this pseudo-philosophical, or he wanted to be this philosophical filmmaker making yes. that movie. Uh, it didn't work out. It just came over saying jerking off into a script. All right. That's what happened. Hated the original Blade Runner. Mm -hmm. uh, I know Vincent Villanueva. Villanueva. Dennis Villanueva. Dennis, okay. Uh, uh, took the concept that Ridley Scott dreamt up when he came up mm -hmm. with the franchise of Blade Runner yep. and then made it work. Okay. And made it a successful story that's like it, it, like every shot in the like the movie is in, it's infused with story, fun filmmaking or not maybe not fun but masterful filmmaking, mm. uh, really good character development and like really good um, incorporation of themes and motifs into the story. And like it, it's probably the best made film mm. that has come out of 2017. Mm. It might not be the best recognized film or the best film in terms of entertainment value, but it is the best made film that has come out of so 2017. So like, um, so like best picture nominee. Maybe best picture. Uh, maybe best directed. I would say. Okay. Like, like it's it's directed gorgeously. Every mm. shot has some sort of purpose. Mm. The shots look fantastic. 
Vivian Nueva even constructed a miniature set mm. for like what they use in Las Vegas when he meets Harrison Ford. Okay. So like the passion of filmmaking carries throughout the cinematography of the movie. Mm. Ryan Gosling, you can tell that he's a fan of the original franchise. He's he always wanted great. to to like leave the legacy as mm. best as he could after he got the part. Okay. And Harrison Ford had no problem handing it over. Harrison Ford did a fantastic job in this movie as well. His performance uh, from when he played Deckard in the first movie mm -hmm. to now is a million worlds apart. Okay. So much better in this movie. He's actually emotional. Yeah. I think I think Blade Runner 2049 is not going to... It was never meant to be a blockbuster. Just mm. People were just not going to go see it in that capacity. But mm. it is going to be the cold classic that I think it's going to beat the original in terms of like how much it's loved, I think. Oh. Yeah. And like, like the concept of like what's human and what's not human. So is it good? It is good. It is really like good. Because my cult classic is like one of those things where it's like it's going gonna, it's gonna to be in the movie theaters. A lot of people aren't going to see it. But then 10 years down the line, it's going to have a lot of people that love like Like Blade, the original the Blade original Runner. The original Blade Runner. Yeah. Uh, the difference is that the original Blade Runner sucked and this one didn't. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But that's like, we think it sucked. But it's like yeah. there are millions of people that made Pe it a cult classic. People love it. People really love like, it. Like they love Blade Runner. But like Runner. the people that went to see Blade Runner 2049 were mm. fans of the first series. Mm. And people that had discovered the first movie movie mm. and we just were curious what they were gonna do or followers of like Villanueva mm. so like I feel like it was never meant to be uh, like a blockbuster it was never meant to make a massive amount of money I gotta disagree box office just because it's Dennis Villanueva Harrison Ford and Ryan Gosling like you don't spend like a hundred million dollars to not make a hundred million dollars I mean the, the film you know? probably broke even but it's not saying like I don't think it was it was one of those movies that they 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 made expecting to break box office I think they knew what they were making, mm. and the fact that they knew what they were making influenced, I think, the filmmaking of the movie. And so, like, they just wanted to tell their story. They didn't want to fancy it up for, like, the mainstream audience. Mm. They didn't want to, like, take the, the Blade Runner name or concepts and, like, translate them into something more easy to digest. Mm. It's still the same uh, motif, the same level of ambiguity, the, mm. same, uh, qu the same questions that you had in the first one or that yeah. you wanted to ask in the first one are present here. Mm. And they're just a lot better. Like, it's just better quality, better filmmaking, better script writing, mm. better storytelling, better performances. Uh, and it's, it's fantastic. I, I think it's a really great fantastic. film. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to see it. That, that runtime is kind of hurting me. Oh, no. But, the um, movie is long. I saw yeah. it two times, and those are six hours. I will never get back. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a long runtime. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't sit in a theater for two and a half hours. But so. it's really good. I recommend it. If you hated the original movie, give this one a go. And if you love the original movie, then you will absolutely love this movie. I, I dislike the uh, the original, but I want to see the uh, the new one just to see. Um, I, I, I like to see where they're drawing from. Uh, it's kind of yeah. like the um, if you can see a 2017 Ferrari, and it'll make you appreciate a uh, a 1910 Model T Ford. Yeah. You know, it's like this is the Model T Ford. Like you don't, you're not gonna push that shit right now. Mm -hmm. Driving around in the whip in the Model T. Model T Ford. For anybody that's listening, it that doesn't know what the fuck that is. It's the original car. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the first car that was ever made. So it's like you'll see that and compare the Model T Ford to the Ferrari and be like, the Model T Ford is bullshit. This sucks. And we're like, well, this is all that he had to work with at the time. And the Ferrari is awesome. So it's like I seen that Model T Ford too. That and I'm saying that's mm -hmm. Blade Runner. And I wasn't a fan. I didn't think that it was that great. But if you can show me this 2049. This this Ferrari souped up version of mm -hmm. the Model T, I might be able to appreciate the nugget that Ridley Scott laid out there. The, and I, and I think that's really like the most interesting part about this movie. Like mm -hmm. even if you didn't like the first one, you you like you said, you learned to retroactively appreciate yeah. what Ridley Scott wanted to what do. What he was trying to do, yeah. Uh, and what Villanueva actually accomplished. Actually did, yeah. And I think 
seeing those two movies exist 25 years later or 20 yeah. years later is it's, it's just really fun nice as an experiment but don't like the original Blade Runner yeah fuck that movie not a fan um, but Blade Runner 249 go check it out I think it's a really good decent movie hey, hey. yeah Cool. Uh, I think that's it for the fucking catch-up. Yeah, we a, did it. Yeah. We definitely did so it. So we are going to cut, and then we're going to talk about The Nice Guys, uh, which is one of my favorite movies of 2015. Hey. Cheers. Same thing. Like, I realize that a lot. Like, I, I'm like, I have to conf- confirm with somebody else. I'm like, I 100% know this to be true. <laughs> they'll be like, well, can you just open for the possibility that maybe you're not right? No. Like, okay, I'll, I'll open up the possibility, but I'm right until I'm, you prove that I am. I'm comfortable with the idea that I am probably wrong. Okay. It just makes me uncomfortable that I th- was so confident it was 2015. You, okay. All right. Because <laughs> that means that in my brain, I watched this on a May mm-hmm. 2016. Yeah. And then my brain went like, oh, it's fucking it's tw- it's December 2015. 2015. Yeah. It's, I, I, it's May. It's fucking summer. Yes. I'm saying I saw it in the middle of winter I wearing know. a heavy coat. I remember. What the fuck is wrong with me I, if that's the case? We were with each other like every day like for 2016. <laughs> like we were watching movies together. We were doing the podcast. Did like, you fucking <laughs> remember when I walked in and I said I saw the nice guys? Yeah, man. And it was 2016? Yes. What the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> I remember seeing this uh, on a December night on 2015. You probably watched it again uh, December for um, because we did the uh, the 2016 year in review, and then we talked about the nice guys again and watched it all over again. And Jonathan came in and we talked about it. I'm gonna go fucking kill myself after this. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I feel like reality shifted. Yeah, we definitely just... watched it in December. We definitely watched it in December for the year in review, and that was on your top ten of the best movies of 2016. It was on my top 10 and Jonathan's top 10. So like, we watched it. I guess you're right. But it wasn't the first time, though. But you, yeah. you, you're just... You know, my brain just fucked it up. Yeah, anyway, we're fucking like, talking about The Nice Guys. The nice Shane guys. Black's movie. Give me the goddamn rundown. <laughs> the Nice Guys. It's a rated R. It's a 156-minute runtime listed as a comedy crime drama. Uh, it's released in May of 2016. That's bullshit. <laughs> it's, uh, the, uh, the rundown is, in uh, the 1970s Los Angeles, a mismatched pair of private investigators, uh, a missing girl and the mysterious death of a porn star. So they investigate a missing uh, girl and the death of a porn star is what this is about. Yep. It's uh, director Shane Black, writer Shane Black. It stars Russell Crowe, Ryan Gosling, Angora Rice, uh, Keith David, and Kim Basinger. Who the fuck Keith David? Uh, he was uh, he was in J- They Live. Yeah, oh yeah, no, hell yeah. He was he was in all the what's the name the John Carpenter movies. Uh, what the fuck did he play in this movie? I never recognized that guy. He's uh, he's the only black guy in the movie. But um, the he's only black guy. In, there's only like one black bartender that I remember. He's not a bartender. Oh, he's the 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 yeah. dude in the red suit. Yes, yes. He's okay. the guy that's coming to kill uh, Russell Crowe a okay. couple of times. Yeah, uh, him and there's one other black person, but he doesn't. He's only voiced in it, and I didn't even pick this up until watching Hannibal this again. Beers. Hannibal yeah, fucking Buress. Yeah, <laughs> I've, this is the third time I've seen it. I did not pick that up at all. I, Hannibal Buress mm-hmm. can talk in any place enter, and I will recognize that man's voice. It's, he's fucking awesome. It's fucking incredible. It really is. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that is the rundown. Nice. Uh, all right, so The Nice Guys is apparently my favorite movie of 2016, mm. and not 2015, because no. time is fucking bullshit. Or uh, you have, like, early onset, like, dementia. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Who the fuck knows? You have to leave that but, open for a possibility as well now. Well, I remember being a person. Let's yes. talk about The Nice Guys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this is an interesting movie because it, it's, it's Shane Black, mm. and he did, did he, I think he did Was, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah, he did Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And yep. he did the first Iron Man. And he did, I'm pretty sure the third He did the first Iron Man? Iron Man? That wasn't John Favreau? He wrote it. I oh, don't know if John he Favreau directed it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but he, he wrote the first Iron Man. I, didn't, I 
think he may have directed the third Iron Man. He directed the third Iron Man. He directed the third. Yeah. Um, so, like, Shane Blaze, he also wrote the original Lethal Weapons. Yes. So, he knows, I think, he understands, this is a body cop movie mm-hmm. in, in its core. And I think that giving it to, and you can see the, and I like the nice guys on I like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Mm-hmm. And we, we did an episode on Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yep. Uh, and I like those two movies together because if you watch them back to back, you can see the, you can see the elements that were in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang mm. that were totally transformed and upgraded for the nice guys. Mm. The comedy in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is based on violence a lot and sort of witty dialogue between Robert Downey Jr. and Kilmer, Van Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Mm. Van K- and so like in this movie... Hold on, Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer. What movie were we talking Oh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like in Kiss Kiss, in Kiss, Kiss Bang Bang, a mm. lot of the comedy comes from them yeah. having their their dialogue. And it's funny and it lands a lot of the time. But in The Nice Guys, that dialogue is imbued and infused with the action yeah. and the framing and the visuals to give you a complete feeling of comedy and wit mm. in the movie. And this is probably the wittiest movie that does wit correctly. Yeah. In in like that I've seen recently, like it's the first comedy that I actually laughed out loud for the sake of laughing. This it, like there was uh, I'm I'm a big fan of comedy, but um certain types of comedy mm-hmm. and Shane Black is able to to get comedy across through his dialogue in a way and and through his um through filming in a way that I've only really seen in um slightly in um what what's what's your guy that um Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright, a little bit with the filmmaking, but not mm-hmm. so much in dialogue with Edgar Wright. But right. uh, you see it on both sides with the Corn Brothers and something like a uh, Big Lebowski. Yep. You know, it's like they they're able to carry that comedy in, around so so heavily, and you see that hardcore in the Nice Guys. Yes. This is one of the funnier movies that you're gonna see, and it's not a pure like slapstick funny movie. No, but it does have a lot of slapstick, so and, and it and it's slapstick <laughs> that lands yes. perfectly fine in, yes. in the world of this movie. Yeah, and I I absolutely enjoy because I have a problem with comedies, and it's the same problem that I think you have with comedies is that mm. it just feels like improv, and just people are talking sometimes, yeah. But the jokes are just bland yep. or whatever, and there's no attempt to really make it work. Yes. Um, but in this movie, I think Shane Blank's best element that he works with mm. is time. Mm. The way that he skips time to make a joke land is amazing to me. Oh, the uh, like the Russell Crowe when he's uh, reading like the, uh, the the letter is mm-hmm. something like um. I forget. He's a, he's a, it's a word for a definition, and he's reading the oh, definition uh, of the word. Equanimity, yeah. yeah. And uh, then he goes on the day, it was like, uh, he accepts rejection with equanimity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he reads the word, just a flashback to the wife. Yeah. Hey, I'm fucking your dad. Yeah. And then he accepts her betrayal with equanimity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, that's great, like, timing with the comedy. Like, that's that's funny. It really is. And it's a classic sort of comedy tactic. Like, yeah. Family Guy, is a, family guy does this type of cutaway yeah. joke all the fucking time. Yeah. But Shane Black uses it uses it sparingly, and he mm. uses it expertly. Yeah, and it, it lands so well. My favorite uh, my favorite cut for comedy is when Ryan Gosling breaks the window when he's breaking into the bar. Yes, and he just like <laughs> sees a lot of blood, and then suddenly he's at the hospital. He is such a good actor. Like, and there's two scenes where I'm just like in love with Ryan Gosling as an actor. One of them is that he he goes through and then he, he ties his hand up, he punches the window. You know, like like you will see to to break in. Like no. we've seen so many different movies where somebody's trying to break into a door by yeah. punching the glass out. So he does it, but he punches all the way through the window in the shards of glass. You know, just. <laughs> Just shit, like cut his wrist and arm all the way up because yeah. the 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 towel or whatever is only wrapped around his fucking fist, <laughs> you know, not his whole arm. Fucking and he, he sits there and he looks at it for me. He's like, uh, 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 
it's a lot of blood. And <laughs> <laughs> then cut to the ambulance. He's <laughs> in the ambulance. Contrasurgeons, calm down. Calm down. Just like, and he's like trying to break free because he's drunk. The entire, he's a perpetual drunk. Yeah. He's drunk at all times in the movie. The, uh, the other time I, I see it, and when you get to see some of his um, comedic chops, um, he's, um, he's playing with a... Um, like what's she's just like a dressed as an Indian or a Native American oh, lady. Oh, she's a yeah, she's dressed as Pocahontas. Pocahontas, there yeah. she go. And uh, she's pretending to shoot at him, and he's pretending to take the bullets. And by the third one, she shoots, and it's a big one, and he gets hit, and he flips over the uh, the balcony <laughs> over the edge, not realizing, you know, that he's like ten feet off the ground. You know, <laughs> f- flips all the way down the hill, and then the girl's looking at him. She's like, "Oh yeah, good. Oh, I'm gonna go back to the party." <laughs> yeah, you know, and he's just sitting there. And um, when he finally goes to, to light himself a cigarette, and then he sees there's a dead body beside him, mm-hmm. and he just comments, "Such fucking wheezing, really? Yes, right." And this is why I love Ryan Gosling. Mm-hmm. Like from watching him from this movie, and then watching him in 2049. Yeah. He, dude's got amazing range. Oh yeah, like, hell he yeah! He's a fantastic fucking actor. Yes, Lars and the Real Girl. Like this, this I guy. Love that movie. Yeah, people were saying um, they were showing shots of Lars and the Real Girl and was like, yeah, this is all you need for 2049. <laughs> That's what it is. He's got an AI girlfriend in 2049. I would assume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, and that that's another example of what like slapstick. Mm. Any other? I think any other director that would have tried that, apart from maybe Edgar Wright, mm. that scene would have fallen flat. Yeah, but because it was Shane Black and the tone of the movie had been already like expanded upon, yeah. for like forty minutes at that point, that's mm-hmm. like halfway through the movie. Yeah, uh, you accept that kind of slapstick, yes. and you go like, "Oh, that's just we, the we, character." We get it again at the uh, at the end of the movie with Tally. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the black lady, uh, Ron Gosling is just like in 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 love, in fake love with yeah. Tally, you know, because she's beautiful, and uh, he doesn't realize that she's um, not giving him the money that she said that she was gonna give him. She's um she's like working against him, and he doesn't see any of that. So um they're in a room, and she walks in with a gun, and he still doesn't get it. You know, it was like um, someone swatched out the money that you gave us. <laughs> yeah, the Russell girl was like um it's like you know what we'll just um just put the gun down. You know, just just think about it. Are are, are you really a murderer? Are you a killer? Yeah. She's like yeah, three times in Detroit. <laughs> that's not you, Tally. That's not you. Like like, she just said that she killed three people. Yeah, no, but I'm like, peek down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, look at the writings on the wall. You got to look and see what's happening in front of you right now. She says she's killed three people. You recognize that. And then the slapstick goes like he's remembering from earlier. And, then, and this is a scene that I love too. They're, they're in the car. And then he's like, um, Ryan Gosling is driving. And he's like, yeah, I'm getting really, really sleepy. I'm going to need you to drive for me for in a little while. And then uh, Russell Crowe's like, yeah, just, just let go of the wheel. This kind of car drives itself. He's like, what the fuck? It was like, yeah, wh- where have you been? Like, all the cars do this now. So he lets go of the wheel and then he takes his foot off the the, uh, the pedal and the car's just driving itself. It's turning and doing everything. And then, like, you know, like, as a movie watcher that it's like, he's actually, like, sleep, yeah, you know? Right. But then it's like, after they, they're they about to crash, he wakes up and then you get to see he, or, and he talks to the bee, you know, Hannibal Burris for a minute. <laughs> and that's when you know, like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> it's such know? an out-of-place scene that yes. works so perfectly within the context that it's in. Yes. Which is just as, it's really a testament to Shane Black's skill as a writer. Mm-hmm. Because uh, if you can put that scene in the middle of like a spy thriller yeah. type thing, fuck yeah, dude. He, uh, but, but the, the tally thing. So, um, so tally walks in and uh, she has the gun at him. And um, Ryan Gosling, after he realizes he's not gonna be able to like talk his way out of the situation, mm-hmm. he jumps down on the floor and goes to um, Russell Crowe's legs and tries <laughs> to get like the gun that's at his ankle that he believes is there. And it's so hilarious, like this grown man like fiddling on another man's legs and just going all on him. Tally's just like, what is he doing? I, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Ask him. What the 
fuck are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing, man? What are you doing? So then um, the daughter comes in and she has a half-baked scheme mm-hmm. and she was like, all right, well, I'm going to throw this coffee on the, on the girl. So she gets in and throws the coffee and she's like, why, why did you throw cold coffee on me? She's like, oh, it was, it was out in the hall. Uh, like, are your head tattoos? Like, <laughs> just like... That, that, that. <laughs> all right, yeah. I want to I touch on that because mm-hmm. you mentioning uh, that ankle gun joke yeah. uh, made me bring something up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the punchline for that joke that mm-hmm. the car drives itself, yeah. it was set up half an hour before mm-hmm. this joke happened. Yes. Shane Black does that throughout the entire He did. Movie. He set up so many jokes. Set up so many of them yeah. for a punchline in that last set piece. Yes. And that makes me so fucking happy. Yep. Because you're probably not going to catch it in like the first watch. Mm-hmm. But then now because you heard someone say this car basically drives itself, like in the first five minutes of the movie, yep. when that happens, you're like, oh, I know why that's happening. Mm-hmm. I get it. It yeah. makes sense. It's in his subconscious. It's going to bot you. Amazing. Yes. Uh, the ankle gun thing, that's another setup to mm. that punchline. Yes. Uh, the thing with Tally, when, you know, like, that's not necessarily a setup to a punchline, mm. but it's just like a setup that you clearly, as an audience, know that it's happening. Whereas Ryan Gosling doesn't, and like, it breaks your expectation, therefore it's fucking funny. There's, a, yeah. there's another one, a small recall, is, um, uh, you know, uh, March, uh, Ryan Gosling's character mm-hmm. and his daughter, they're getting out at a place that's kind of like the, the Playboy Mansion. They're going to a party. Right. You know, there's it's a, a porn star's like party, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's getting there and the daughter gets out. She's like, Dad, there's like horrors here and stuff. He's like, sweetheart, how many times have I told you? Don't say and stuff. Just say, there Dad, there are horrors here. <laughs> you know, he's like, yeah, well, there's a lot of them. <laughs> but and, did um, you catch the look on Ryan Gosling's face as yes. he delivered that line? Yes. He's trying so hard not, <laughs> not to, laugh. to laugh at it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what I love like she was very serious about it was just like well there, there's lots of them here so then 20 minutes later she's inside of a room watching a porno you know with one of one of the actresses and um and she was like uh yeah yeah i've heard about um the girl but um yeah there was that that sid guy's a real weird guy he walked in the room and uh, everybody was doing anal and stuff and she was like <laughs> don't say and stuff just say everybody was doing anal yeah. <laughs> <was> like, hilarious <laughs> so funny and, and like that little girl, uh, uh, what the fuck was her name? Allison? Uh, let's see. Angor- Angori Rice is her real Angori name nice. for the uh, in the movie. She's Holly in the movie. Ho- Ho- yeah, Holland. Yeah, uh, Holly. Holland. She did yeah. such a great fucking job in this movie. Yes. Because like child actors have a tendency to feel forced in mm. a movie. Mm. But she was so natural at being like this sort of like witty smartass. Hell yeah, she was. That really, that works because Ryan Gosling is that witty smartass. Yeah. So you can tell like... The relationship is based off of that banter and back mm. and forth. Mm. And so, like, one of my favorite, like, and, and this is uh, when it comes to that wit, that dialogue wit. Yeah. Uh, Chain Black, uh, we're going to call back to the beginning of the movie when Russell Crowe walks into Ryan, into Ryan Gosling's house, mm. punches him in the nose and throws him against the wall. Yep. And he says, we're going to play a game. And it's called Don't Speak or Listen to Me or something. It's like, only I get to speak. Only uh, I get yeah, to speak. Yeah. And then Ryan Gosling, after getting hit, he just goes, like, I love that game. <laughs> 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 Those little like moments of dialogue that are like really, really tiny yeah. serve as the characterization for Goslin and then Russell Crowe as a straight man in the entire movie. Yeah. Gosling as the idiot that mm-hmm. kinda knows what he's doing. Yeah. And then Holly as a sort of a blend between those two characters. Yeah. So you can see why um this fucking guy Crow empathized with her mm-hmm. at the end of the movie and why Gosling cares so much about the daughter and why they all become friends because of these little interactions of dialogue. Yes. And like my thing, my favorite one is just like she, Holly sees Russell Crow in the Crow. Crow, sorry, <laughs> he sees yeah. Russell Crow in the backyard or in the yard, and he says, "Why don't we let him in?" And without missing a beat, Gosling goes like, "No animals in the house, sweetheart." Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those little moments of banter, I think, make like the first time you watch the movie, 
you see those moments and you kind of chuckle at them mm. because there's so much more comedy happening in your yeah. face. Yeah. But like, I've watched this movie four times now. Mm-hmm. And like those little moments of like quiet interactions, yes, are the funniest part of the movie. There for is me now. there's a um, when when they're walking into like the uh, the Playboy Mansion type uh, thing, a uh, porno party. Mm-hmm. As they're walking in, is just a throwaway type line, you know. As they're passing two women, and uh, a woman says, "Just like," and all I told him was, "And if he wants me to do that, then don't eat the asparagus." <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. No interaction then, with him right then at all. You know, it was like fucking I don't know brilliant. If you caught it, mm-hmm. but like immediately after the line, the mm-hmm. girl that. I was talking with her she She's, was like why? What, why yes exactly yeah so it's like it's, it's a whole fucking like oral sex fellatio like joke in yeah. there that's like not being stated but it's like you know what's happening it's like it's fucking great yeah uh shane black is a fantastic writer mm. but the only the other thing i want to give him props to doing is that not only is he good at making comedy work he's mm. good at those little beats of dialogue mm. He is so good at the structure of a buddy cup movie yeah oh yeah uh, so because this is a classic like spot like sort of Maltese Falcon type movie. You, you, have you ever seen the Maltese Falcon? Yeah, uh, shout out to um, shout out to Dan Cava, his favorite yeah, movie sure. of all time. He <laughs> named his son after one of the characters of Maltese Falcon. I watched three different versions of this fucking really? movie. There's three yes. versions of it? Hells yeah. Oh, I did not <laughs> yeah. know it. Yeah. Um, but it's very, like, the structure is very Maltese Falcon. People mm. are looking for something. Yep. Uh, and every time that they they finish a situation mm. or investigate a situation, they find a clue that leads them to a more outrageous situation. Yeah. And it goes like that until the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, very classic structure that Shane Black takes and adds a weird relationship with a mother, with a daughter and a father, adds a really like amazing banter mm-hmm. and like a really good solid foundation of a friendship yeah. based on initial situations. And it's just a it's just a buddy cup movie that's hilarious and serves to do anything else that the genre will do. It would, yeah. And it's am- it's amazing to me. There's a uh, there's a scene where um where they 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 actually uh, Ron Gosling is like um which, so which one of you cock and ball? Oh no, it's like um which one of you cock and balls wants to make 20 bucks? Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a guy raises his hand, uh they get in the car and then they go to the burned down house and they uh they see they see a kid on a on a bike. <laughs> And then it was I like, <laughs> I wrote, I wrote it down too. Oh yeah, it was like they, they try to they try to get some information out of him, and the other kid is like, uh, give him twenty dollars. And then it was like, uh, it was like, all right, yep, twenty dollars, you guys can blow, you know. <laughs> so as uh, so later on, it was like they're asking him about this Sid. It's like uh, this guy's name is uh, Sid uh, Hatrack, I think. It's like nobody's <laughs> name is Hatrack. It was like, what else? He was like, yeah, I, I tried to get a job from him. I offered, to, I offered to show him my dick, you know, because. I got a big dick. <laughs> and then they just sit on that. They sit on that for a full three seconds. Want to see my dick? <laughs> no, nobody wants to. What am I saying? <laughs> nobody wants to see your dick. 20 bucks. What? We already paid you 20 bucks. What I'm saying? Like, that is hilarious to me because, like, Ryan Gosling's character, he's coming to the. It's like, all right, so we've already given you $20. So it's like, so I shouldn't have to give you another $20 to see your dick. He's like, hold on, what? No, what the fuck am I even saying? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. And then the kid replies to them, fag. <laughs> he asked them if they wanted to see his dick. And they said no, and he called him fags. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> see my dick? No fags. <laughs> but apart from like, and, and that and that moment of comedy is immediately followed by a very serious moment yes. between Crow and Gosling in yeah. the car. Yeah. And it's just like, the only thing that's different, like you go through two days of detective work, you walk around, you drive around like an asshole, and the only thing that's different is that the sun went down two times. Yeah. And like immediately you know where Gosselin stands, you know that Crow doesn't necessarily agree with that, and that's mm. sort of where the friendship starts blossoming. And that little moment I feel is the root for all of like the, the actual caring about each other that happens after the film. Mm. And it, it's just like 
it takes skill as a, screen, as a screenwriter to be able to make a moment like that work when you're sanguishing it between two really funny moments. Because uh, immediately after that moment, we have when they find like, motherfucker, if he was right, Haddock yeah. instead of Hadrick. Yeah. So like, it's, it's just, uh, it's sexy screenwriting. There, there's something that, um, that's, it's kind of typical in, um, in film, um, but he, he did it pretty masterfully and it's, it's very subtle. And I don't even, I don't know if you'll um, take this as a connection in, in this particular movie or not. But for me, I was looking at uh, Russell Crowe, why he was um, more apt to, to uh, be around Ryan Gosling's character mm-hmm. and, um, just a more accepting of his character in general is he once was Ryan Gosling's character, the alcoholic drunk that's just doing whatever he wants to do, yada, yada. And we don't right. see that in Russell Crowe till the end where um, uh, Ryan Gosling was like, oh, well, good. You, you finally had a drink. You know, yeah, at you're least drinking. you're drinking again. Yeah, exactly. You're drinking again. So it's like I would have to imagine, you know, that maybe he was the very attractive person like Ryan Gosling used to be, the the thinner guy like Ryan Gosling used to be. Right. The, um, the, you know what I'm saying? Like everything that Ryan Gosling was, but now he's grown and the thing that has found that he's happy about is when he was able to take down a gunman inside of a diner for free yep. for no money and Ryan Gosling is still at the stage to where it's like um, the, the, the lady she was like so does that mean that my niece is dead he was like um, yes yes, yes. <laughs> but we're, we're gonna we're gonna get right on top of that for a very minimal fee <laughs> it was like it's still about the money for him and it's all about money 100% so it's like I would I would wager to think that if we got to see Ryan Gosling's character 20 years from now it would be Russell Crowe Crow. yeah uh, that, that's an interesting thing. I didn't think about that. Uh, because it's very subtle. So, yeah. I mean, it could not be there at all, but it was just something that I was kind of just from filmmaking and seeing those type of things pretty often. I mean, yeah, char- yeah. characters like that usually have some sort of parallel yeah. with each other. Yeah. Uh, I think that even, even if that's not the case, I feel like Russell Crowe uh, would have seen something in Gosling's character oh, that yeah. he wanted for himself, that sort of comfort mm-hmm. of being who he is unapologetically, mm-hmm. maybe, because he is an idiot and he's kind of aware that he's an idiot. Yeah. Uh, so like, e- even if that's not the connection that they're going for, like yeah. I can see what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, uh, that the thing about being for the money, mm-hmm. uh, there's two really good scenes that set that up in the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. and it's just like when he's talking about the the lady with the funeral, uh, that she's like, my husband's been missing since the funeral. And oh like, oh yeah. She's like, I'll get started right away. Yeah, it's like uh, he's been missing. How long has he been missing since the funeral? Oh, oh, I'll get started right away. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? It's very time sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> So there's that case, mm-hmm. and then there's like the first time that he um, he goes back to the, the the Lily Lily Glade the the aunt of Misty mm-hmm. that she's looking for for Misty because she saw her alive the older lady yeah, okay older yeah yep 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 uh, and he's just like I can't take your Any case more, anymore yeah. and then she pulls out a checkbook and he goes like. All right. Yes. <laughs> I, I love that scene because, like, they both understand what this is. Like, yeah. she she takes the check out and she doesn't say, "Well, I give you this amount of money." She just takes the checkbook out, puts it in front of her face with a pen, and just stands there and smiles. <laughs> and Ryan Gosling is like on the way out, and he just stops and stands in the doorway. <laughs> Nobody says anything. It was like we both know what this is about. Yep. I want to give you my money. You want to take my money. You know, let's <laughs> let's go about this. This is a transaction. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's it's it's, it's fucking great. I mm. love I love this movie for like all. It does. I think for me, this is this is as good as a body cup comedy can get. And yes. I, I don't expect to see another movie, at least in like a decade, mm. that will be as funny as this movie within that genre. 
I'm, I'm going to tend to agree. The uh, the closest thing I've seen to that is another Shane Black movie, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Kiss, bang, bang. Yep. Yeah, it's that. Uh, that's the. It's very very funny. That's the kind of buddy cop uh, movies that I enjoy. Like I I hadn't seen a Lethal Weapon and, and yeah, those no, movies like that. You know. But uh, uh, Shane Black does the buddy cop movie, but mm. he puts an unusual twist to the body cop sure relationship. Yeah. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. They're stuck with each other because yeah. the guy's a thief. Yep. In this one, they're stuck with each other because Healy assaults him, mm. and he and he's the only uh, the only other person that he knows about Amelia. So they're stuck together. Because of that, yeah. So like, Chain Black's buddy cup relationships are never like, oh, he's a partner and he's gruff. Mm-hmm. And it's always kind of like two people that would normally never be together find a way to be together and yeah. they become friends through that. Yeah. And I think it's just a beautiful, like, study into like how character development works, mm-hmm. how you can make a funny script still be meaningful mm-hmm. and still give your audience an amazing action set piece at the end of the movie while still being funny throughout that set piece and never losing tone of your own movie. It's fantastic. There was I like how um how present he was to the seventies. Yeah, it was super seventies. Like I, that's not an era that that I was alive for. But um but just seeing some of the things that that are um that are are, are big staples of of that time. You had um what's what's the guy's name? Uh, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe loving YooHoo, and it's just <laughs> like hearing you know just seeing stuff from internet. You know just how much a big of a deal YooHoo was. Shit, even in the early nineties, like YooHoo was still like yeah. the shit. You know, fucking cold chocolate I was from milk. Puerto Rico, and I they still heard that about you. Yeah, yeah. Like YooHoo was a shit, but like it's it's something that was a staple in the seventies, eighties, early nineties, and now it's just gone. Like <laughs> I don't know if you can get a YooHoo in the gas station. There's now. one in uh, there's they stock it at school in oh, the vending wow. machine at school. Sheesh. Yeah. Yeah, That's what's up. I okay. got one like three months ago. I was like, oh, fuck, I haven't had a Yuhu in forever. Mm-hmm. And it was, I mean, it's garbage, but. <laughs> I mean, now, yeah. Yeah, it is now. You know, um, but, but yeah, the Yuhu of the 70s. And um, I think that he he really wanted to, I feel like, I don't, I'm not sure how old Shane Black is, but I feel like this was his generation. Like he was growing up while in, in the 70s. Right. Um, he's That's talk- sounds, that sounds about right. You know, because he, he's talking about how things are changing and you constantly get the uh, the changing of times. Mm-hmm. He's talking about how, um, so, these, so this is the kids now. This is what my daughter is going to have to grow up into kids talking about let me you want to see my dick and yeah yeah it's like the the, the 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 days of having ladies and gentlemen are just over right or talking about the changing of times with these cars this car can basically drive itself this is the future and just that thing things are changing drastically for them in the 70s in a way that they're not completely ready for right and there's also a little bit of meta humor because when you mm-hmm. write a movie set in the 70s in the early 2010s mm-hmm. You can make the joke at the end of the movie, which is just like, in five years' time, we'll all be driving electric cars from Japan, mm-hmm. which is not entirely wrong. Yeah, not entirely, <laughs> So, like, yeah. there's like, there's a little bit of jokes that come with the time period mm-hmm. that you as an audience member can go, like, fuck that. Yes. And it's funny. <laughs> there's a, uh, the, the soundtrack I really, really enjoyed. This is one of my favorite soundtracks from a movie that I've seen in a while. I, besides, haven't really, I didn't really pay attention to the soundtracks. Bes- besides, because, I mean, just because uh, it was he's a white writer-director, and he was like, the soundtrack is soulful as shit. You know, it's like the, <laughs> the, the, the very, the opening is that. Doom, doom, oh, yeah, they do doom, use doom, a lot of, like, doom, classic. Doom, doom. That's, um, that's Temptations, uh, Papa Was a Rolling Stone. Mm-hmm. The uh, very first song, uh, the next one, they go into Earth, Wind, and Fire, and they have what is supposed to be like Earth, Wind, and Fire at the actual party. Right. And they're yeah. singing um, uh, uh, September. Which you try to recreate the actual video. Yes. I think. Yeah, yeah, that's what it looked like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Earth, Wind, and Fire, they're doing that. Do you remember the 21st night of September? They had um, the song Jive Talking, yep. which I don't even, I guess that's. Um, the the Bee Gees, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I I only know that song from fucking NSYNC and Justin Timberlake from the early two thousands. So like I said, I'm not from the seventies. I just remember remix and then went back. And, you know, right. um, uh, Pina Coladas. If you like Pina Coladas, yeah. getting caught in the rain, another seventies like song. Yep. Jimmy Buffett. 
and um, they had the song uh, Love and Happiness. You know, so it was just all very strong, like, 70s, you know, stuff. So I was like, yeah, this guy had to have been living in this yeah, era. Stuff that you would be listening in the 70s. In the actual 70s, yeah. yeah. So I was like, wow, like, this guy has some fucking range. It, it, it was reminiscent for um, of Jackie Brown, the, uh, the soundtrack of Jackie Brown. I was like, how did this fucking super white guy have this much range as far as his knowledge of, of music? Because it's not, it's like, it's, it doesn't feel like the same person that listens to Al Green is listening to Credence Clearwater Revival. You hear what I'm saying? What I'm saying? Right. It's just like it doesn't seem like a per- one person has the capacity to enjoy both of those different styles of music. And Tarantino does that well with his soundtracks. And Shane Black in this one, a great, amazing soundtrack. Yep. Such diversity. Agreed. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Matt Bomber at the end of the movie. Matt Bomber. Matt Bomber. Uh, he's the doctor guy, the guy that's trying to kill Amelia. Okay. Uh, shout out to that guy because I fucking love him. And I've I known him from a series called uh, White Collar. Okay. And I've I've loved him ever since White Collar, and I I'm sad that he doesn't get more jobs in movies. Yeah, because uh, he's fucking fantastic, and I just wanted to give him a shout out. <laughs> Matt Bomber, I can't yeah. find him. I might be spelling his name wrong. It, I might be saying it too. Just look yeah. in the cast. He's like Doctor John, whatever the fuck. Okay. Um, but uh, loved that guy in the movie. He had a really like really small part, but he would sets off the whole action set, like set piece at yeah. the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, he said the shootout at the house, and which by the way, one of my favorite shootout at the house. Uh, because everything again is so infused with the comedy of the movie, yeah. like Goslin reaching for the cookie jar. Yep. That's another setup that mm. happens in the beginning of the movie when Russell Crowe enters the house. Mm. They show you that he keeps a gun in the cookie jar. Yes, and at the very beginning, it doesn't yeah. work, yeah. but the gun is there. Yep. And in the end of the movie, so he grabs that, that same bar. gun and then throws it out the window because he's an idiot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, another thing that I wanted to note is uh, this is the birth of what I like to call the Gosling flinch. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, um, like Jesus. This, yeah, yeah, that shit. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, showed up in this movie. He does it like four times. It's a lot. Like yeah. after the second or third time, I was kind of like, yeah, I want you to have a different kind of thing. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's very it. funny. Yeah. It's there. But that flinch, that Gosling flinch also showed up in La La Land two or three times. <laughs> did, did, did he did, did he uh, exclaim Jesus as well? Uh, yes, for one of them he did. Okay, all right. Uh, when uh, Emma Stone walked into the house and mm. he was baking the chicken. Yeah. That's it. It's just it's just a okay. nice little thing. Like I was I was fine with it in this movie because they they said something about it because yeah. earlier on he's like um uh jesus christ one at a time and then janet's like you took the lord's name in vain he was like no i didn't janet i found it very useful actually okay janet <laughs> you know <laughs> so it's like when he whenever he does a jesus jesus christ like when he's doing that it's like okay they've addressed you know that this is the 1970s and that's a big thing like right, using yeah. the lord's name in vain like nobody's gonna say anything to you about that in the 2000s you know but it's like Swearing on Sundays and saying Jesus' name in vain, like you're getting called out on that shit <laughs> you know, in the 70s. <laughs> also, uh, just the one thing before I'm gonna end, because this line killed me. Mm-hmm. When he's walking into the house after they have Amelia, mm-hmm. the thing, and it's just like, Jessica, you're supposed to be at Jessica's house. And then she's like, Our sister kicked us out because she's having a guy over. And he's like, God, your sister's such a slut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's those little moments, man. Mm-hmm. I, I think I've said everything that I can say about the movie. But it's just like Shane Black is such a good screenwriter and he's such a good and attentive director mm-hmm. that there's no way that I don't think anyone can watch this movie and say this is a bad movie. No, no. They, uh, they, there was a line that they put in the trailer mm-hmm. that um, it was a couple years ago. I don't know if you guys remember it. But it was um, he's like, look at the bright side. Nobody got hurt. 
And then it's like, pe- people got hurt. It's like I'm saying, I think they died quickly, though, so, <laughs> so nobody got hurt. <laughs> it's like, that's the kind of comedy that's in it. Like, it's a very yeah. comedy comedy. Like, I, I enjoyed this entire movie. It was so much fun. Yeah. I've, I've watched it four times. I yeah. can watch it five more. And yeah, be fine I can see it. that. It's so much fun. It is. Uh, that was it. That's The Nice Guys. Uh, absolutely go watch it. Yeah. If you like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang or Body Cup movies, this is one of the movies for you. It mixes them both perfectly. One out of ten. Uh, this is, I think this is, this is really, this is a nine. I think there's an nine Ooh, for me. Yeah. All right. There's a nine. Uh, it might be even, it might be so close to 10. It might be a 9.5. Okay. Like I can't, I can't watch this movie and think of anything that I would have done as a director differently. I can. You know what I'm but, saying? Uh, but it's just like, it's like saying for me, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really difficult for me to directly critique uh, greatness right, right. <laughs> you know it's like i can see something that i would personally want different for myself but would that make the movie better well no, that's what i'm <laughs> saying know, like yeah. there's nothing that i think could be improved that i could improve on mm. or any other director could improve on mm. in the movie itself mm. like they could do it differently but not yes. improve on it mm. i think so that I, this movie is like a 9.5 for me it's like so close to 10 okay it's a fantastic movie nice i love it how about you uh 8.9 8.9 yes Solid. Uh, really good I, i've seen it uh three times now i'd watch it again um, the only thing that I'm not super enjoyable about is the the runtime of an hour and fifty six minutes. It is pretty long. It is a little it's, long. It's, it's a little long, but um, I don't, it's like I couldn't I couldn't say to trim, you know, because like I need those moments, like when he was like um, when he was talking about his dick, and he was like, yeah, because I got a big dick, and then they just <laughs> sit on it for three to five seconds. It's like you can you can cut out four of those five seconds, but it's just like the it, but then it changes, the joke won't land. The joke does not land the same way. And I mean, it, it turns the movie into something else. So I mean, it's, I, I wouldn't want to change much about it either. But um, it's a very tightly edited, tightly written, mm-hmm. and focused script. Yeah, it so is. I don't, I don't think you could really make any changes to it and have it be something not that great. Yeah, and make it. I don't think you could change it and make it much better. No. Nope. So yeah, no, that was it. The nice guys, mm-hmm. fucking loved it. Give it a go if you haven't oh, seen yeah. it. It's it's one of the best movies that came out in the last three years. It's very so good. Check yes. it out. And we are gonna now. We're gonna cut, and then we're gonna go do the television movie premiere. Hey. Welcome back. Uh, television and closing. Uh, television uh, and movies, uh, and movies premieres. Yeah. I'm going to start on Tuesday, October the 24th, the day you should be hearing this, and through Monday, October the 30th. Uh, you know, and you know that the majority of our listeners aren't listening on the day the episodes are released. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing that. It's just like, uh, we'll get, they'll wait for five episodes, and then they'll binge five episodes oh, in yeah, a row. Right. You know, it's like, what are these, what the fuck are these numbers? Like, why? You know, just trying <laughs> to figure out why, but yeah, it's weird. But, um, just, I think it's because podcasts are such an involved way of listening. Mm. Like, you gotta, like, really, like, sit mm. there for an hour, or, no. like, drive there for an hour. Well, I mean, it's like, the way, the way that, like, I've, I've uh, started the, the job last month, and I've been listening to so many more podcasts than I've ever had in my life, just because, like, I've I don't like the people I work with. <laughs> oh, you guys, if you guys from work are listening to this, I don't mean that. <laughs> I don't mean that at all. But um, <laughs> so I, uh, I just I put my headphones in. I put one headphone in, and I just listen to podcasts all day right, yeah. long for eight hours of podcast. So it's like I'm constantly wanting more content and more episodes of different things just so I can hear stuff. And I mean, it's just kind of like background noise, you know? Yeah. But, um, well, but maybe that's, that's why they do it. Just because mm-hmm. like they, they store five hours of podcast so they can just listen to five hours in a day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I feel you. Oh, yeah. 
Um, let's see. So we're starting off uh, Tuesday, October the 24th through Monday, October the 30th. And another quick rant. Yeah, feel free. So so every week, Tesla will be like, um, hey, you know that this show is about to be coming on or this show will be coming out this week or this show right here, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, yes. I'm like, but, I but, research it for every but, Sunday. But, but but do you know what I know is that you don't listen to the fucking podcast? <laughs> because, because if you did, then you wouldn't be asking me if I knew about a show that I've already announced a week ago. If that was the case. In anyway. You know what's really funny about us you doing this bit? Because mm-hmm. I never touched this bit. Mm-hmm. I did it once. Mm-hmm. And like at, at the movie theater, it's like, you know what's coming out this weekend? Yeah. And like like my manager will ask me. And I just go like I I guess, yeah, I, guess like, I, I have a weird idea of a weird name Christopher said. Yeah. No idea. No idea. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um did, did you hear things about um remember last week we were talking about this uh, weird show called uh, The Main Event with Gucci Mane? Yep. And did were, did you see all the stuff on Twitter or TV about I did that? Not. Oh, well, what happened? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm on black Twitter, so it's oh, like, yeah. <laughs> have you have you seen that? Cause I'm, like, I'm on Weibo Twitter, so yeah. like I, I get all the Weibo? anime bullshit. Yeah. What, what does Weibo mean? It's a uh, Jap, just people that love anime. Okay. Weibo. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, black Twitter just had it blown up from uh, Gucci Mane getting married to uh, Keisha. It was everywhere. But anyway, yeah. All right. That That's was a weird. weird. Yeah, it was. It was pretty big on Black Twitter. I don't know yes. if anybody on Black Twitter listens to the show, but uh, you should. Yeah. Um. So October the 24th, this Tuesday, the first show is Drop the Mic. It's a game show on TBS at 10.30 p.m. A celebrity rap battle series is based on a segment from James Corden's The Late Late Show. Method Man and Haley Baldwin will be the hosts. Haley Baldwin? Yeah. Um, Alec Baldwin's uh, daughter, I think. Okay. Interesting. Even more interesting for me is the M-E-T-H-O-D man. Method Man. Method Man. Yeah. um, He was popular in the 90s. He hasn't had a... (laughs) He was a a group... uh, Wu-Tang? Wu Tang. Oh, he was Wu, part of the Wu Tang. Yeah, he's part of Wu Tang. All right. Um, but yeah, that that that's gonna be a, a rap show that's gonna be on Tuesday, October the twenty fourth. Uh, drop the mic. And this is the thing, like, if they're gonna be rapping, mm-hmm. if they're actually gonna be performing, then yes. But if you're lip singing anything, then fuck off. Yeah, I think I think that sounds like it's an actual rap. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Go for it. Uh, the next thing is gonna be the same day, October the twenty fourth. The last OG. The last OG is a comedy. Um, just just based off the name, uh, who do you think is starring in this? Uh, Ryan Gosling. I don't want to say anything. Um, uh, Maria Sharapova. <laughs> <laughs> if you look at the face that I just gave Chris, like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's just like the last OG is like you you know like culturally like this is not going to be starring white people whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, and no, it is not. It is not. Uh, this is starring uh, Tracy Morgan, Cedric the Entertainer, it's Morgan. Uh, and uh, Tiffany Haddish. Like I like I like the cast. It says uh, Tracy, Tracy Morgan, um, formerly of um, Thirty Rock. Mm-hmm. He stars playing an ex-con attempting to readjust to the outside world after spending 15 years in prison. Okay, so I guess uh, he, I guess he recovered from that huge accident he had. I mean, yeah, again. Hey, yeah. yeah, billion dollars that'll fix everything. Yep. <laughs> I mean, goddamn right. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but um, but Cedric Entertainer, love him. Tiffany Haddish. If anybody's seen her stand up, she's had some really good stand up. She was in uh, the television show The Carmichael's, The Carmichael Show. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, she ha- has a very burgeoning career, so I would uh, check her out. I'm not going to check out this show. Right, but I would check her out. <laughs> In particular, yeah. we'll be checking her out. <laughs> this is a show that um, that might get picked up for a second season because it's Snoop Dogg. Oh, it's, uh, Snoop this, sh- Dogg. this show is uh, coming out on Tuesday, October the 24th. Snoop Dogg presents The Joker's Wild. 
it's, is it's, a, it's a game show on TBS at 10 p.m. Oh, I've seen trailers for this on Twitter that I have absolutely ignored. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's Snoop Dogg. I mean, yeah, it's like, I, love I don't Snoop Dogg. know. I just do. It's great. Yeah. I don't know if I'll watch it, but I mean, I want it to be successful because that would be nice to have Snoop Dogg like on regular television. Have you, you know? Have you seen Snoop Dogg narrating yes, Animal Planet? Yes, of course. Stuff? Of course. Yeah. Yeah, messing with no mongoose. Mm-mm. So I'm like a mongoose. <laughs> Hell no. Nah. Uh, I love you, Snoop. You're a national treasure. He is. Yeah. <laughs> he actually is. Yes. He is a United States national treasure. He is. Sheesh. That's that's real. Like if I, I was trying to think of like who else would be on that list, you know, from like American treasures. Like if we were talking about like people that are just so known in America that they would go somewhere else and they're treasured, you know, because uh, of how cool they are. I want to put Jim Carrey on that list, but I don't think that's true. Uh, may- maybe I, it's maybe, a maybe maybe but jack nicholson's one of those people jack nicholson got a little older but uh, i mean yeah i can i can see that jim carrey mm-hmm. carry pretty hard because like they went hard for the mask overseas yeah. and ace ventura and that's stuff like true. that so yeah he he might yeah there's, there's there's a couple of those actors out there that like people yeah. recognize like worldwide true snoop dogg's one of them for sure oh yeah oh yeah have you seen any of the snoop dogg movies by the way seen all of snoop dogg's movies oh, really? um oh. um uh, what's what's what? Uh, shit, hold on, hold on, hold on. Soul Plane, seen that one with uh with Kevin Hart. Yeah. Seen uh, Starsky and Hutch with uh Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson. Um, wow. He played he played Sugar Bear in in he that movie. Sugar Bear. I've seen uh. Well, have you seen the ones he's directed? Uh, Snoop Dogg directed movies. No. Yeah. Are these he's, porns? No, he's got <laughs> he got he's got like two or three films that he's actually directed. Okay. And uh, I think uh, one of them he plays a sort of like ghost mm. that's trying to hunt some people down or something okay and i forgot what it's called but he's wearing this like black suit and he's just a ghost just killing fucking people hey. and it's fucking fantastic i'll check them out it's just like the movie they're they're not great movies yeah. but they're fun they're funny as shit okay i, I love snoop dog yes <laughs> uh, me too same uh that's uh that's the snoop dog presents the joker's wild it's a game show tbs 10 p.m tuesday october the 24th Sweet. Um, for the end, the last show that's coming out this week, Friday, October the 27th, The Stranger Things. Stranger Things, yeah, that comes up. Ooh, The Stranger Things. <laughs> now, I, I, w- I want to um, for everyone to kind of just lower your expectations for this season. You know, because like, like a lot of the people that seen Stranger Things, they seen it after people told them how great Stranger Things yeah. is. You know, and Stranger Things was really good. The first season was really good. But it it's, was a really solid like it was solid yes yeah. it's solid it, but it's just i would i would taper your expectations before you think that you're about to see this something groundbreaking again yeah. because the first season like i said was groundbreaking it was unique it was different from everything else on, on television and now instead of judging it against the climate of uh television that it was coming into in 2016 it's gonna be judged n- against, itself. against itself yeah so um I, I would taper your expectations and um watch it with an open mind because i mean i'm still i'm sure it's still gonna be very good but um and the story is also a lot broader. It is. Now, it so, is. You know, that's one of those things. Like, I, I, I read a headline. I didn't read the article, but I read a headline that the, the guy that the bosses of Stranger Things were yeah. worried about fan expectations. I bet. So that same reason. Yeah. And they were wondering if that meant that this would be the last season or if there would be, like... Uh, no telling. Yeah, it's so really no. It's, like I'm, I said, just just please taper your expectations. Yeah. Like I really like the first season. I want to see if they uh, expand upon Winona Ryder's character because she's a very very good actress. Yeah. And all we got to see her do was cry in the first season. Yeah. You know, bring <laughs> fucking Barbara back. Barbara. Oh, fucking Barbara was awesome, man. I know. I like Barb. Oh, damn. I'm so upset about Barbara. Yeah. Bring her back. Bring her back. That Run would away. be nice. Yes, I Run agree. Away. I agree. 
Yes, bring Barbara back. She's cute as fuck. <laughs> uh, she, she was a ginger, wasn't she? Wasn't she yeah, ginger? She, she was yeah, a she short-haired was... ginger with glasses. Yeah. I fucking love Barbara. Yeah, she was nice. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, that was it for television. Uh, we don't have much in the way of movies for this week, uh, so we're started off with Jigsaw. Uh, Jigsaw is rated R. It's a 91-minute runtime. It's a crime horror mystery thriller. Uh, the bodies are turning up around the city, each having met a uniquely gruesome demise. As the investigation proceeds, evidence points to one suspect, John Kramer, the man who kno- who has uh, oh the known the man known as Jigsaw, who has been dead for ten years. Like, how does that work? Listen, I clocked out of the Jigsaw movies after the third one. <laughs> I, I seen uh, I seen the first two, I think. Yeah, and the first one, the dude that plays Jigsaw mm. uh, was fine. The second one, he got cancer. The third one, had died, mm. and then the fourth one, someone took over as Jigsaw. Uh. Then the fifth one, it was like a bunch of flashbacks of Jigsaw. Somehow he's alive again. I don't know what the fuck is going on with this Saul. Franchise. Oh, it was yeah. Saul before, Saul. and now it's the Jigsaw. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Someone's, I, someone's, I'm pretty sure someone's taking the mantle of Jigsaw, mm. but in, in the Saw universe, that fucking old dude is a goddamn god, and yeah. he's omnipotent, so he knows mm. everything everyone's going to do. Yeah. So he probably set this thing up 10 years before it happened. Yes. Because fuck writing. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway. So um. <laughs> You didn't hear that, but I threw a pen dramatically across the room, yes. and it landed... In a nice fluffy surface, which is why he didn't. Hear yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's jigsaw. So um, I don't know what to say about this. I mean, there's nobody of note in the movie that you may know. Uh, Sorry, that was that yeah. was stupid. What? I was playing with that pen. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can't go get it now. I mean, it's out of principle. You've thrown the pen. The pen is dead now. <laughs> the pen is now dead. All I did was fuck myself. Yes. <laughs> you know who needs a nose? Who needs a nose? Who needs it? <laughs> you know, like cut your nose off to spite your face. Like, who, who needs a nose? I don't who even need a it? nose. Fuck, it. fuck, I don't need a fucking it's nose. Fine. No. Fuck around. <laughs> What's that shit? I just sit here with a goddamn pen. Yep. Nope. It wasn't even worth the joke. No, it didn't no. even land. <laughs> so if it was, if I had a camera, it would have maybe worked. Maybe. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Right. Uh, let's see. And the the last movie of the uh, I have to do this without headphones. My headphone is having a problem. Uh, the last movie for uh, for this block is going to be Suburbicon. Yep. The, I'm interested about this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because like the Coen brothers re- originally wrote the idea okay, but then George Clooney took it over mm-hmm. and I think he rewrote a lot of the script Okay, so like I don't know if this is a Coen brothers Clooney collaboration or a Coen brothers Clooney rewrite mm-hmm. and I'm interested in it because I, I hear it's really bad I hear it just missed the mark on like the Ooh. comedy that it was going for because it, it is a dark comedy it doesn't have a list it has a listed as a crime drama mystery thriller yeah, yeah, no, but like definitely the trailers painted. Have you seen the trailer? I've seen nothing about this okay. movie. So the trailer is definitely painted as a dark comedy. Mm. The like the the timing for the jokes and everything is dark comedy, very well, Cohen's brother. Like a uh, burn after reading type thing. Kinda, yeah, like okay. that same tone where it's just mm. like, it's it's a Cohen brothers tone for mm. sure. So burn after reading is a is a good uh, example. But have, did you see the movie the the Clooney movie uh, the men that, who stare at goats? I have not. That's okay. That's what I'm starting to get. Like it's a dark and it's not funny because you don't laugh, but on the inside you're like, that was kind of humorous. I think that's Maybe. what they're going for. Mm. But what I keep hearing about this movie is that it missed that mark so badly mm. that it just goes straight to being not funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I have to. Well, yeah, it's getting a 46 meta score. Yeah. I'll, I mean, I'm. I have a lot of hope for it. Number one is because George Clooney. 
and well directed by George Clooney, mm-hmm. but Matt Damon's in it, Julianne Moore's in it, Oscar Isaac's in it. You know yeah. who I really it's love. Got a good cast. Love all those people, and the fact that like a lot of people don't like it means that it might be very good. Yeah, I, I, I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. I feel the same way. Like, I want to go see it. It's, it's like the uh, the Blade Runner 2049. Like, all I'd heard was, this is the worst piece of shit. Like, it's long, it's stupid, it's boring. Like, from the masses, I've heard yeah. this. So I was like, oh, so let me ask somebody I respect <laughs> about this movie. Because it must be good <laughs> if all these people are saying that it's bad. So it's like, by hearing that, like, I kind of want to see it just because yeah. all the people listed and for know. me like the trailer looked a lot of fun yeah. like I, I'm into the trailer I'm into yeah. the concept so it's just a matter of like seeing if like, seeing they're it. right about the movie yeah, yeah. but um, let's see Julianne Moore Oscar Isaac please you know hopefully you did something good but uh, that is it for movies and television Oscar Isaac looks like he was born in the 40s like I can see that like he, he like if he, you just put him in the 40s he will fit, fit in. right fucking in yeah yeah he's dope yeah all right <laughs> <laughs> Uh, guys, thank you for listening. Oh, can I give some shout outs real yeah, quick? Um, um, Daniel Creel recently uh, gave us a review on oh, Facebook. Five star review, very in depth. Appreciate that shit a lot. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, you are a sweetheart. Want to give a shout out to uh, to Jasmine Bird. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she's been a she's been a she's been a listener for consistent a while. listener. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's her what's her name? Shay. Uh, from Seattle, Lachey, 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 Shay, yeah. <laughs> um, so sh- shout out to you, uh, listening from Seattle. Um, R- Ryan Brandon, he's a constant listener. Um, shit, I'm leaving people out. Fuck. Um, <laughs> um Malcolm, Malcolm from the Art Institute, if you're still oh, listening, yeah, yeah. Um, shoot, who else? I know there's a Luis, is a is Luis LC Pills, listener now. Hell yeah. Uh, Thank you guys, Gen- generally. Yes. No, like we appreciate uh, the uh, fuck out of jo- it. Joshua Dillon. Uh, we went to uh, we were in the military together. Okay, he was he was a really cool guy. He uh, he recently commented on the uh, on on it. So yeah, um, shout out to Joshua Dillon as well. Uh, and to and like we are obviously forgetting people. Yes, it's like it's gotten to the point where it's like it's quite a few bit of people that are yeah. listening consistently. So yeah. like if we miss your name, sorry. I know we, we appreciate the shit out of yes, you for listening very much. And just like just sh- give us shit for forgetting your name. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Just go, hey, fuck you, asshole. You forgot my name on the shadow bit. Yeah. And then we'll give you a shout yeah. next time. Or, or, or if you just want to correct us on when we say some things that are incorrect on the show. Yes, which know? I'm sure we do. Yes, both of us. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, because apparently uh, the fucking Nice Guys are released on 2015, 2015. Yeah. and not 2015. Yeah. So, I guess I'll just go fuck myself on that one. <laughs> 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 anyway, but uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Like, yes. we really appreciate it. Oh yeah, shows we're nearing a, like a two, like two almost years two years. Oh well, yeah, we're on episode one hundred. Like yeah. this is soon. Like we're on ninety one now. Yeah, like yeah. It's, no, our 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 two hundredth episode. Like our two years is on the hundred fourth episode. Yeah. Uh, so like we're we're doing this shit, man. And mm-hmm. thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. Yeah. And for all the reviewers and comments yes. and all of that shit. And thank you. Shout out to JoshCast too. Like they're oh yeah, Josh I've been talk like I talk to them on Twitter every so often. They're great people. I love them. Yeah, yeah give a lightweight shout out to JoshCast. Lightweight. I give you a lightweight shout out, JoshCast. <laughs> and, and here's why. And I hope you listen to this episode here. Um, <laughs> now, when we first started the podcast, they started their podcast at the same time that we did. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe like three weeks or so after we started. And I was noticing that some of their episodes were kind of biting off of our episodes. <laughs> you know, it's like we'll do a tour in Tarantino, then I'll see a Tarantino from them or we'll do something i'll see it from them i was like all right well i kind of like these brits voices and you know i like the guy and the woman <laughs> like they have very very good voices very and, and very good rapport you know so i went up on their um i went up on their uh, podcast on itunes mm-hmm. and early gave them a review yep. went up like i was just steady listening every week and then it's just like after you know time of correspondence we're talking back and forth and i'm just like hmm are you ever going to uh 
do you not like our podcast? Oh, but they shouted us out on Twitter saying that we're on the top 10 list of their podcast. We're they, number four on the they, list. We didn't get a review, though. This is true. We did we not didn't get, get a, a review. review. But to be fair, mm-hmm. we haven't asked for a review. And you didn't review on their For Film Sake. You reviewed on their Chris Lucky. But they knew that that's who that is. I mean, yeah, but. But. I don't you know, know and, and, and they, they recognized that. They re- no, no, it was like, uh, yeah, I didn't, we didn't see that, uh, that you gave us a review over a year ago. Yeah. So they definitely made the connection. Yeah, yeah and, I know. And it was like, you know, but. Listen, uh, shout out to Josh Cass, all right? <laughs> I'm jo- shouting it down. Bri- 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 Brian is giving a shout out to Josh yeah. Cass. I would like to give a half shout out to Josh <laughs> Cass. I still, I still like your show. I still listen to your show. Um, but um, how, how about you, um, some reciprocity? How about that? That'd be nice. Fair enough, I guess. Yeah. Sorry, Judge. <laughs> no, no, okay. sorry, not sorry. Not sorry. Not sorry. I'm not taking back my review. I mean, I left you a good review. It was a good review, and I like your show. I like your show a lot. It's a good show, you know? This is like it's when you show. introduce two friends to each other, mm-hmm. and they're, like, arguing about something, and you're just like, oh, what, <laughs> what, 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 yeah. uh, what do I do? Yeah. But, yeah, no, uh, thank they're you, nice. Josh Cash, for being cool. Yes, we, uh, cool. I listen to your podcast every week. Pretty much every time you put one out. Nice. And uh, I don't know. That's it for the shadows. Do you like? You, are you like? What I really like? They do the television stuff a lot. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know if you would get into like the Game of Thrones. I didn't. Stuff. Go, I didn't listen to any of the Game of Thrones. Okay. But I listened to like the the last one was about mother and it and Ooh. and fear and they're into writing. uh they've been into writing that's yeah, yeah they, they've been heavily getting into writing so i really enjoy the there's not a writing podcast that i really enjoy apart mm. from like the nerdish writer spanel so i'm yeah. really enjoying the fact that they're focusing on writing mm-hmm. I, I think it's fucking fantastic yeah um but yeah no uh, shout out to you guys shout out to everyone that's listening thank you so much mm. uh you can find those on twitter at underscore yes. ffs podcast uh, my personal Twitter handle is at Brian Uchija. I'm at a T-H-A, under, THA underscore V-O-N-Z. Hey. Hey. And uh, you can find us on Twitter, I mean on SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, yes. iTunes Podcast app, and SoundCloud Music app under the name for Film's Sake. Yes. And on Facebook, if you want to talk to us a little bit more easy, mm-hmm. uh, you can find us uh, at the FFS Podcast. Yes. And that's it. Thank you for listening to this episode. We will catch you next week. Cheers. Cheers.